Let's bring in now Tyson Alger of The Athletic onto the show. Tyson, how's it going, man? Hey, I'm good, Matt. How uh, how are you recovering after our uh, little golf game? <laughs> I, did you win or did I win? I don't know who had the higher score or did I mean, we tie? Well, I mean, higher score. I, I think you definitely got me there. So um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. We got to do it again soon, but this time we got to go up uh, to your neck of the woods so you, so you have home course and uh, I'll be the visitor. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, football season's getting around the corner, and so we're starting to dive into um, previewing the 2019 Oregon football season and just kind of college football as a whole. Before we get to that, I want to say it's almost been a year, right, since you've moved to the Athletic? Yeah, actually, I, I think I just got, like, the uh, like the Facebook memory notification that uh, – uh, I think, uh, it's just about a year since I left the Oregonian. I think I started at the Athletic, like, the first week of July or something. But, yeah, it's kind of crazy that it's been a year already. Your favorite story in your first year? Um, I did, uh, during UCLA week, I did a look back at the, uh, the Sup With You Girl, uh, I Love My, Love My Ducks and Return of the Quack, uh, era. And, and that one was, that one was pretty fun. You know, we, we write a lot of, on-field stuff, obviously, and I think uh, I think we all like to do something a little bit different. So uh, um, connecting with those guys was was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I was just gonna say, what's been the biggest biggest adjustment? And if you're not really familiar with the athletic, you guys do more like feature style writing than actual beat reporting, and you still do some beat reporting, but it's more so of you know more in depth, you know, longer longer pieces what's been your biggest adjustment from just going from at the Oregonian from being you know the typical beat writer for the Oregon Ducks to now having to do more in-depth stuff and not immediately having to write something after the news happens yeah it's 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 definitely been different because you know during my I I think I was on the beat for four years at the Oregonian and uh you know you you can certainly relate to this it's it's just it's it's just a grind and it's it's there's so much attention on this beat and, and fans care so much that, you know, just about every, every little thing that we hear or see or, or whatever, uh, around, uh, Eugene, you know, is, is a story. And, uh, kind of the, the biggest adjustment was kind of learning to take a step back from that and, and kind of learn how to prioritize certain things that I think, um, you know, that you can take a step back on, but also kind of encompass, uh, you know, what's going on with the program and everything. You know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I'm I'm covering the program any less. It's sure. just kind of prioritizing um, um, kind of different things and, and, and maybe trying to get um, you know more more nuggets into one story than than you know trying to you know uh, grind out you know as as many stories as as we've done in the past. Right. So right. I, I, I I I've certainly liked it just because you know. I, I'm really bad at multitasking and, and one of the, <laughs> and, and, and one, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I never quite, uh, did to, to the standard that I, I liked at the Oregonian was being able to, you know, work on five things at once and then still be working on a longer feature. And, and that was something that like Andrew Greif was so darn good at, that jerk. That jerk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm sorry to ramble, but I've, I've, I've definitely liked it, man. So one of the things that you just did about a week or so ago was adding a player from the last decade onto this year's 2019 team. And you had some interesting options. You had DeForest Buckner. Uh, you had Jeff Mail at receiver. Yeah, um, I, re- I, re- I really went out on the line by putting Defoe on that team. 
<laughs> but you, you picked James. Why LaMichael James? Well, I mean, have you seen him play? No. Yeah, he was, he was pretty darn good. Well, so 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 th- th- this is all. I, I think looking at this 2019 Oregon season, the only I mean, like CJ Burdell was good last year. Like right. there, there was there, there's nothing wrong with what CJ Burdell and Travis Dye did last season. But also, if you look at like their yards per carry and the amount of wear and tear they were able to take, you know, if if you were to able put able to put in like a prime Michael James season, that's almost like a thousand yards of extra offense there just because right. of how absolutely elite he was. And, and if you go, th- and if you go through Oregon's offense right now, you know, they have five really good offensive linemen. They have a strong core of tight ends. Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, obviously Marcus Mariota was fantastic, but um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I think that question was uh, aside from quarterback, um, yeah, and so and so on and so on offense, you know, you're kind of really looking at receivers and, and running backs, and you know, I thought Oregon had a good rushing attack last year, but it certainly wasn't to the levels that you know we We're saw earlier. That, yeah, that that we saw for what was it like 13 years in a row that the Ducks led uh, led the Pac-12 in, in total rushing yards, and um, that's that's not to say that they can't get back there, and, and I think the rushing attack last season. Uh, was was definitely stymied by you know some of some of the uh, injuries you know Penny Sewell went down Cam McCormick who was one of the best run blockers on the team played what three quarters yeah and so um but yeah I mean yeah the, it wasn't a knock at all on on Oregon's current runners but it's just okay if you're able to put one of the best players in Oregon history on this team I think it might help that's I mean I I, I certainly think I I would agree with you on uh, that it would help but but I think. A lot of people were maybe surprised by that because of the deficiencies or the lack of production or wh- whatever you want to say about the receiver position. Um, and so I, I guess maybe this kind of goes back into. Well, your, I put I, I put a receiver on there, didn't I? Yeah, you put, put Jeff Mail. Okay, right, right, right. And I think you put Byron Marshall, which maybe have been. That was kind of a sneaky, sneaky pick, wasn't it? Yes, and that could have that could have actually made more sense than the Michael, in my opinion, because. He could have helped at both positions. He could have gotten right. more versatility. I, I I think Byron Marshall, when when you look back at it, like kind of has like one of the quietest underrated careers Oregon's seen in a while. Just without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Rushes for a thousand yards one year, and then Royce Freeman comes in, and you have Thomas Thomas Tyner, and so they put him out at receiver, and he gets a thousand receiving yards. And you know, he 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 definitely wasn't ever the the biggest or flashiest name on the roster, and that kind of happens when you have Marcus Mariota and and yeah. Freeman, but. But man, he was he was he was very solid, and and I think that was a big blow. What was that? His two thousand, yeah, yeah. two thousand thirteen. His senior, or no, uh, it was uh, fifteen. Yeah, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. His senior year blew his knee out. What at Michigan State or the week after that? Yeah, and and you know if you if you look back like that that Oregon season was was in just injuries away from being another elite Oregon year, and I think everyone kind of looks back at. You know, rightfully so, at Vernon Adams is broken. Was it thumb or finger? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think a lot of people forget that one of Oregon's absolute best playmakers missed nearly that entire season. Yeah, that almost might be. Did you see the story that was online earlier this this week about like the ultimate what ifs? And uh, I think it was uh, every day, but Saturday did it, and he yeah. chose he chose uh, the touchdown by Stanford against Oregon in 2012. That you know altered the the history of college football, and 
I almost could, you almost could argue that if Vernon Adams doesn't, what, break his thumb or, or finger on his throwing hand, that could have altered, you know, the college football season as a whole too, because they almost beat Michigan State. And if it wasn't for that broken hand or that finger, you know, he was one touch pass away from connecting yeah, with was, Byron for a touchdown. Yeah, he, he, he overthrew him by six inches. And so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> You know, I, I think when people think of all like the the monumental uh, FBS versus FCS games, you know, people think of like the Appalachian State versus Michigan, and you know, anytime anyone's stupid enough to play, S- I mean, uh, NDSU. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in, in terms of like what what FCS team has had like an absolute impact on like the the national conversation, Eastern Washington taking Vernon Adams out has got to yeah. be right up there. <laughs> And that was in the fourth quarter when the game was over. It was kind of yeah. like, why is Brendan Adams still in the game for for Oregon? Yeah, and and so, I mean, if if that doesn't happen, there's there's a very good chance the Ducks are are back in the play. Because I mean, I think I think we both agree that you know when when that team was playing at its full power, they were it was really good. That 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 that, that offense was just as good as it was the year before. I don't, I don't obviously the defense wasn't wasn't close to what it was, right. but. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they could certainly put some points on the board. They could have uh, – it wouldn't have surprised me if they'd won the Rose Bowl, if they'd stayed healthy. Yeah. I, and, I, I don't remember if the Rose Bowl was in the playoff or not. I don't think it was. But that's kind of the caliber of team they were in healthy in right. my mind. Right. And then and then that completely changes the history of Oregon. I mean, I you know, whether or not the, the Ducks have a bad year in 2016 again, like you can't fire Mike, Mark Helfrich after a national title game Rose Bowl back-to-back. And, you know, even, even as much as that, that staff was kind of lagging on the recruiting trail, at least that, that would keep Oregon in kind of the national conversation. And so you're probably bound to get a couple kids out of that. And so, yeah, that's, I think that's the biggest what if in, in recent Oregon history. So let's, let's look towards now this season. And I, I think the easy answer is to this question is, so your biggest concern out of Oregon offensively for 2019, and I think the easy answer is receiver. And everyone's going to talk about it. I've I've wrote about it. I've talked about the receiver position having guys having to step up, you know, forever. Uh, outside of that receiver position, so go deeper a little bit. What's the, the biggest question? The biggest concern? The biggest mystery thing you're just interested in seeing play out with this offense in 2019 going into fall camp, where we don't know anything. We don't know what the freshmen are going to be like. Just what's that that mystique about this offense that you're curious about outside of the receiver position? Dude, honestly, for me, and I guess it technically has a little bit to do with the receiver position, but it's can Justin and Herbert kind of take that last step forward into becoming? I mean, he he he's an elite player in terms of like his physical talent and, and what he can do, and and you know I, I think he's a good leader, but like we haven't quite seen like that that first round draft pick season yet. You know what I mean? Right. Like 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 he's he, he's been very good. He's put up stats, but, um, you know, he, he hasn't really had the luxury of playing in any big games yet just because of like where Oregon's been during his three years here. I mean, you could argue that the Red Box Bowl was his biggest uh, game. I, mean, I guess the watch. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the Washington game with the last season was probably the biggest game yeah. he's ever played in. But, but, but like that's really between that and the Red Box Bowl, those were really kind of like the two games he's, had in his career where anything's really riding on it, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I, if, if I remember correctly, he, he played decent in the Washington offense, but, you know, I, I just want to see, 
there, there were games in 2014 and 2013 where you go like, oh man, this is a toss up, but the Ducks have Marcus Mariota. That's my yep. X factor here. I, I want to see that conversation with Herbert going forward because he's a four year starter. He's got all the, all the skills. He's got all the X, I mean, you know, the intangibles. Um, I, I just wanted to see him kind of take over and carry this offense. And, you know, that is also knowing that, you know, this isn't necessarily an offense that's going to be like an air, you know, just let him air it out 40 times a game. But, you know, you want to see him just be the best player on the football field. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The importance of the Auburn game, um, I think there's a lot riding on this one. A lot of what you just said about Justin Herbert and you know, having to have that big game win and that high-profile victory, but also I think, you know, there's a lot on the line for Mario Cristobal in the Oregon in the Oregon season, the Pac-12 stakes of you know contending for a college football playoff berth. Just is it fair to say that in college football setting, Oregon's first game of the year is kind of like a a must-win game for a lot of different reasons. So 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 here here here's a question for you. Let, let's say let's say Oregon comes out and. Uh, has one of those like first halves like they had last year against like Washington State or Arizona right. where it just doesn't look like they're prepared. It, you know, the offense isn't doing anything. Let's say that happens against Auburn. Maybe they get it together in like the, the second half, but they end up losing like, uh, maybe like a 40 to 20 game or something like right. that. What, what's the, what's the biggest burning fire the next day? Is it, oh my gosh, like why wasn't Oregon's offense? You know, they had eight months to prepare for this game. What's happening? Like, what do you, what do you think is the biggest storyline if the Ducks don't come out hard in that game? I I would I would think knowing the fan base, they're going to come out and they're going to be very upset about the offense. If it's like yeah. if it's like Arizona and it's like Washington State, where they have a half where they literally can't do anything offensively, there's going to be a lot of uproar from fans about the offense. Of, and their inability to be prepared for the first game of the season. And I think there's going to be a lot of questions just kind of about what is wrong with Oregon's offense because the last time we saw them before the Auburn game, it would, it was the Red Box Bowl. And we all remember how that game played out, seven to six. Right. Uh, and, and so your, your last two images of, of Oregon's offense is struggling. That, that wouldn't be very good. 
<laughs> well, well, I mean, I mean that that's why I think there's so much riding on this game because if, if you look at Oregon in the off season, like the Ducks haven't lost in the off season in the last two years, you know, just based on all the positive right. uh, new you know momentum they've had on the recruiting trail and all that, and so. Um, you know, you, you, you go from this staff that just seems like they're invincible for nine months out of the year. And then, you know, you, you go into that. Like, uh, I, I just think there's so much pressure on them to actually perform, you know, right, right out of the gates because, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot of like hype and expectation to this game. And, you know, I, I think a lot of that has, you know, it has all that baked in. Does anything change then if like, let's flip the script again and say it's a shootout and right. they, they lose 59 to 56. You know, some crazy score like that where it's like offense clearly was not the issue. See, man, that, that, that's a tough one too. Because like, okay, so if, if, if I'm, if I'm a regular Oregon fan, I'm probably a lot more happy with like, you know, the shootout loss. Um, just because of like, and you know, I think we both agree that the offense is probably the biggest, uh, I don't know. Concerns a weird, weird word to say yeah. when, when, when a team's bringing back 10 starters and have a, <laughs> Number one draft, or you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. At, at quarterback, but you know what I mean. That's uh, why I kind of said like mystique. Right, right. But the the other thing to that too, though, is is let's say they give up fifty something points, and then you know fans are going like, well, maybe we should have kept Jim Levitt. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point too. But you know, I I I I, I don't anticipate Oregon. <laughs> you know, first of all, I don't think Auburn has that type of offense to put no. up that many points. But um, but yeah, you know, I. I, I think in terms of like the sky is falling scenario, Oregon fans would much prefer having a really good offense than a than a really good defense. So. I'm gonna put you on the spot here for a second. Is there a guy that? Ah uh, man. <laughs> is there a guy that on this team that you know just watching maybe the spring game or going back and and thinking about last season that doesn't have a lot of discussion about him? That could have a big role. I'm not saying like he's going to become a star player. He's not going to be like an all pack 12 caliber guy, but just you know, like someone that was not in the limelight in, in the rotation at the water cooler of people talking about him last year. It could be a true freshman. It could be a, a redshirt senior. Is just, is there that one guy that you're just like, I think he's going to have kind of like a breakout season. Well, let's go the redshirt senior route here. I think he's right. What, what year is Cumberlander? He's a senior. He, he's a senior, and like if you go back, like how, he, he put up like what five or six sacks last season. Yeah, and and that's in like that's in a non-starting role. Like like you know th- this this is a guy that has come in and uh, you know has been uh, very productive when he when he's gotten the opportunity. And I don't know if he's going to be able to start this year because I think there's a lot of tip signs pointing towards you know Kayvon Thibodeau potentially sliding in there, not only for skill but just um, you know, you would have a better handle on this than me, but I mean, if, if you're talking to other top, top level recruits, being able to say that, like, hey, this guy started for us in game one, week one against Auburn on national TV is probably a pretty good, big deal. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty big chip there. But, uh, you know, I just think, I think he's just, uh, Cumberlander is a dude who has produced, he's got kind of a freakish frame. He's very long. And, you know, I, I think that he's just one of those guys, like, he's kind of like a six man of the year on the defensive line. This is why we're not going to do this very often, Tyson, because we agree too much. Our, no. our thought, <laughs> because I had this guy in my mind, this exact same person I was thinking of, and and you were right because I was surprised you pulled the the, the six sack stat from you know the bench rotation along the defensive line, and 
what was really surprising to me about Cumberlander was last season they played him a ton at nose guard on passing situations. And I think that's where a lot of his big production came from. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> just to, yeah, to, to pull that many sacks out of that position that that's pretty well and the other thing the, the reason why he's so important too is is you know while I I think Jordan Scott is is one of the better interior defensive linemen in the Pac-12 and you know Thibodeau has all the potential in the world. Oregon is losing a lot of backfield pressure with with Hollins going to the NFL and and Jelkshawn. You know, I I I think uh, I think Hollins is, is kind of one of the more underrated you know players Oregon's had in a while. He was he when when he was on last year, it just seems like every single play he was, he was getting penetration and getting into the backfield. And and I think you know Oregon's going to have to figure out you know several ways to to make up for that. End of June is here. We're going into July. What? What are you finding yourself writing about right now? Like, what can your readers on the athletic, uh, expect here in the next couple of weeks? To, you know, and then also, what can I steal from you to write about? <laughs> well, I actually, actually, I'm, I'm stealing something that I think we all do. I'm, I'm putting together like a, an all decade team. Okay. Um, which I mean is, is typical, uh, typical summer 101. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, on Thursday, I am sitting down with, uh, Oregon Athletic Director Rob Mullins, uh, Ooh, nice. uh for a one-on-one, one-on-one interview. So, uh, you know, we're going to kind of cover, um, just about all of the bases in, in kind of the Oregon Athletic Department right now. Obviously, uh, things are pretty good with Mario Cristobal, uh, and uh, it seems like contract extensions are going all around here. Um, but, uh, you know, also talk about the baseball hire and the softball season, et cetera. So that will be coming out next week. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's just a couple, couple other longer things in the works. I, I, I don't quite want to divulge yet because I, I haven't written them. So, you know, I don't sure. want to too much. <laughs> you don't want me to steal <laughs> your ideas. To, well, no, not. Cause not, I'm not, I'm not below that. I will do that. No, I, I, I know, Matt. I know. Um, you know, that's, that's why I actually came onto this podcast to address this head on. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, I, I just don't like putting pressure on myself to actually produce. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've you know, all... Yeah, you know, you, you say something's coming middle of July, and then all of a sudden it's September, and yeah. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you can go read his work on The Athletic. Uh, you can find him also on Twitter. Is it just Tyson Alger? Yeah, one word. One word, Tyson Alger. Uh, Tyson, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, probably do this maybe again if you agree to it, if you ever agree to doing this again, uh, middle of the season. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem, dude.